This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today on CityCast Philly, it's the Friday News Roundup. We're talking about how the smoke from Canadian wildfires are impacting our region's air quality, which mayoral candidate wants to debate, and why the city is denying some block party permits. It's Friday, June 9th. I'm Trine Nuri, and here's what Philly's talking about. Joining me this week is Isaac Avalusia, reporter at Axios Philadelphia. Hey, Isaac. Hey, good morning, Trine. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. Frank Coomer, environmental reporter at the Philadelphia Inquirer. Hey, Frank. Good morning. Good morning. And Anthony Wood, who covers the atmosphere at the Philadelphia Inquirer. Thanks for joining us this week on CityCast Philly. Well, good morning. Good morning. Okay. Usually on the show, I start with an icebreaker. It's usually fun. It's about like national whatever food day it is. But today, for this week, we're going to stick to the big news of the week. Obviously, the smoke, the air quality in the city. I've got to ask y'all, what was your reaction when you went outside, if you did go outside? What was your first reaction this week when you saw all of the haziness in the air? It was a bizarre experience. I smelled something burning. And uh, I suddenly saw a deer outside my front window who wanted to get inside. And I thought, well, this is saying a remake of Bambi. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, my phone lights up with a text message from Montgomery County saying, please don't call 911. We're getting a bunch of 911 calls about fires. It says, and it's not a fire. It, it's smoke. And, uh, you know, of course, this was uh, pretty pretty late at night, but I thought we better just put something in the paper and put something on the line about this. And, uh, yeah. and we did. And, uh, uh, you know, the last couple of days, I, I just... I, I feel like I'm at a fire scene. It's uh, it's it's really bizarre. Yeah. Isaac, what about you? What did you notice this week? You know, it, it didn't really settle upon me and, and hit me until I walked out kind of late at Tuesday because for the most part, I'm remote. So I was sealed off from the outside. And I go out late on Tuesday because I'm hungry and I need to go get some canes. <laughs> so I'm driving. <laughs> That's the chicken place. <laughs> yeah. I'm driving the canes in, in from Warminster and I'm looking at the streetlights and it it's illuminating the fog-like smoke that has settled upon the area. Yeah. And that's when it really hit me. And then you, you know what? I I'm at the gym yesterday around eight o'clock, and you walk out, and like Tony's saying, it, it looks like a fire scene. But you, you get in the building and you're thinking, okay, I'm, I'm going to be okay. And I, I get on the treadmill and I start running and I can feel it on compressing my lungs. Mm. And like, I don't usually cough when I run, but I started coughing slightly and I had to, I had to kind of like cut my uh, routine short just because I was feeling a little bit, uh, a little bit winded quicker than I would normally feel. And uh, 
I think that that just solidifies it for you, how really dangerous this, this situation is for people. Yeah. I also noticed this week that the sun was just red. And I was just like, oh, that's beautiful. But then it was like the next day was like, oh, actually, uh, <laughs> there's actually a problem with uh, with what's going on in the atmosphere <laughs> right now. Um, so, yeah. So let's let's break this down. Uh, Frank, Tony, uh, y'all cover environmental issues in our region. Can you just help us like understand all of this? How did all of this happen? The Canadian fires are appear to be unprecedented. I mean, we don't know what happened 100 years ago, but as far as we know, nothing like this has happened before. And they were fueled by a remnants of a tropical storm in September that took down a bunch of trees in Nova Scotia. There was a, a, a beta wart outbreak in Quebec that took down a bunch of trees and all this kindling was on the ground. There was a very mild May up there and a dry May, very much like here. And the woods were just tinderboxes. And uh, evidently, you know, some lightning strikes hit and they just blew up. And the, the really weird thing about this is that the direction of the wind has been from the north, which is really unusual in June for us because our prevailing winds are from the southwest. And it just so happened that trajectory was perfect to bring the smoke right through New York and Philly, you know, if it had been maybe 70 miles west or whatever. People wouldn't have been talking about it as much. And I, as uncomfortable as it is, I must say, meteorologically, it's been just fascinating to, to, to watch, even though uh, it has not been fascinating to experience. For sure. So. Okay. And health officials this week you know, recommended people to avoid the outdoors if possible. Don't drive if you don't have to. Keep everyone safe. My kids, they, they I asked them, I said, did you go outside and play? They're like, no, we we had a recess inside. Um, can, you, can you explain just the impact of the air quality? We are seeing historical levels of uh, PM 2.5. It's a fine, fine particulate matter. And so this particulate matter is so small that it's it's uh, it's far smaller than the width of human hair. And so, therefore, it's easily inhaled indoors or outdoors. It can get into your, your lungs and it can go deep into the lungs, which is different from other particulate matter that your nose hairs or uh, other parts of the body can filter out or whatever. So this, this can really impact people, especially uh, the elderly, uh, children, people with asthma. But we're, we saw levels the last couple of days, consistent levels, where the amount of PM 2.5 in the atmosphere can impact every, almost everyone. And so just for some context, most days we, the air quality index, which is a combination of PM 2.5, this, this fine particulate matter and ozone, uh, is normally good. It's green. So it's a, say in the index between zero to 50. So the index goes from zero to three, 301. 301 is uh, hazardous. So this week we're seeing levels of uh, fine, part, uh, fine particulate matter that are well above the hazardous range. Uh, this week, we've seen them reach up to 369, 370 on a scale of uh, basically one, one to 300. So it's, it's kind of almost off the charts. But for context, you might see a, a, a day or a few hours at one monitor reaching PM 2.5, for example, when the uh, refinery exploded or, or whatnot. But what we're seeing is consistent hour after hour on all monitors or many or, or multiple monitors, I should say, 
of these high levels. So uh, that's why if you're on a treadmill, uh, you're going to start to experience some uh, some issues. What can we do? Should I buy more air purifiers? Should I um, break out the fans? Is there ways we can clean the air, at least in our homes or our work spaces? Uh, sure, definitely an air purifier uh, and definitely the air conditioning on the windows closed. And if you don't have to go outside, don't go outside. Even driving around, uh, your car's not going to filter this out. So you're, you are still going to uh, intake this particulate matter, especially if you're in and out of a vehicle. So a lot of times people think, well, I'm just not going to go for a run today. And I actually saw a discussion uh, on, on a running uh, blog post uh, this week that I was following where people were debating going out. And some people were saying, oh, it's not that bad. I'm going to go. And I'm just thinking, no, don't. Don't go out. This is a this is a different level. And I I also saw on social media as well uh, folks saying, you know, don't wear just like the regular mask. You have to wear the N95 mask if you do go outside. Is that right? Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, a paper mask just isn't going to do it. And we had someone walking to work yesterday or taking the bus and uh, she did not wear a mask and uh, she was feeling the effects by the time she got to the office. I think that sports are a good barometer of how bad things are, right? Because if you remember back, I think we all kind of got the the idea how bad COVID was when they started canceling NBA games. And then same thing yesterday when, when they cancel the Phillies game, you know it's bad outside. Yeah, I think it was the we, – we call it the first smoke out in 140 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so – What's this weekend going to look like? What's the next, you know, the upcoming days going to look like in our area? Well, it's going to get better. Uh, we're going to oh, deal good. with the smoke at least through the day Saturday. But Saturday night, the winds are finally going to shift and it's going to take this smoke right back to Canada. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Isaac, your team at Axios has been covering the Philadelphia mayor's race, and this is an historic election. Voters will choose the city's 100th mayor in the general election in November. For folks who may not know, uh, the Republican nominee is former council member David O, and the Democratic nominee is Sherelle Parker, also a former council member. But for now, one of these candidates is urging or trying to get a series of debates. Tell us what's going on with this story. Yeah, and, and you said it best for the for folks who don't know the Republican candidate is David O, because a lot of people, and fairly so, assume that this is a coronation for Sherelle Parker. But we still have a few months till the election, and David's really hitting the ground and, and, and playing the media drumbeat. He He's getting out in the public eye and he's really urging his Democratic counterpart to debate him. And when I talked to him the other day, he he wants to do up to 10 debates in each of Philadelphia. Like televised debates? Five of, at least five of them televised, right? Okay. He wants, he, he's of the opinion that he wants to do at least 10 
debates or forums in, in each of Philadelphia's council districts, and at least five of them televised. That's a lot of debates. I mean, I think we'll be lucky if we honestly get one. And Sherelle, I asked her at her first uh, post-primary uh, press conference whether she would debate David, and she was non-committal about it. She said, you know, in essence, I've got to review the parameters and I'll, I'll check with my team before we actually commit to something like that. And that's been her stance, even with David going on this media blitz and trying to impress upon her the importance of, uh, of debating him. And, uh, you know, I talked to a political analyst, Mustafa Rashid, and he, and he says that she could use these forums, these debates as a listening tour to hear from uh, disaffected voters or undecided voters and really impress her message upon those people who still may not be sure about Sherelle Parker. But, you know, you can the counter argument is, well, what incentive does she really have? The voting rolls, it's seven to one Democrats to Republicans. Is this even a race? And is she just simply elevating David O's message by even engaging in a debate with him? I mean, you can make a case that, that that's the truth. I see. Now, do TV debates really impact election outcomes? I mean, according to Rashid, he says that television debates still move the needle in, in really any political climate in mayoral debates. And I think myself and, and other people in society, these are like marquee events that we look forward to. We want to hear people uh, debating each other. This is like, uh, uh, this goes back decades. It's, it's, it's ingrained in our kind of DNA. We want to see people publicly joust with each other. We want to see them <laughs> trade barbs and, and hear their uh, opinions on on different policies. So I think that it would really be a disservice to Philadelphia if we don't at least see one debate from these two candidates. And, and I think that to David's point, when you had nine candidates in the Democratic race, you're not really getting to zero in on each individual candidate because it's almost like a classroom where a teacher is trying to take control of 25 chattering people, right? And how, how much do you really learn about each candidate when there's too many voices in the room. Right. All right. I guess we'll keep our eye out on that story. Another story that caught my eye this week also came from the team at Axios is that the city is denying some block party permits because of safety concerns. Isaac, fill us in on what that's about. Yeah. What, what we're talking about with these block parties is really this overarching um, theme of public safety. I think that Philadelphia has axed more than 8% of uh, 889 block party applications through May 22nd. That's per the streets department. And really what you're seeing here is these are the unintended or, or kind of zoom out effects of gun violence in our city. And, and it's really striking. It's really sad. I, I thought that my colleague, Mike D'Onofrio, really put it to you saliently when he put in the story that th this is a catch-22. Because these block parties, there's research that suggests this is at least one thing that actually can help alleviate or reduce gun violence in some of these neighborhoods. But yet the city is actually denying some of these applications out of fear that something might happen. So you see the catch-22 in that. It, it's, it's really actually very sad. And, and you see the number of block parties have just declined year after year after year. I think there was 5,800 in 2015, and now we're in the 22 or 2,300 range more presently. 
Yeah, like block parties are such a tradition in our city. They're free. Like you said, they're centered around community, family, free fun for the kids. Many council members would throw one in their district. They will have live music and art vendors. And this is definitely something that like you said, it's 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 strange. Like you understand why, but it is it is kind of sad not to see as many um, in in the city. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. All right, that was Isaac Avalusia, reporter at Axios Philadelphia, Frank Coomer, environmental reporter at the Philadelphia Inquirer, and Tony Wood, who covers the atmosphere at the Philadelphia Inquirer. Thank you so much for joining me this week on CityCast Philly. Thank you, Trina. Have a nice weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Have a smokeless weekend. (laughs) It's time for the tip of the week, where we share a life hack for living in Philly. Summer is on its way, and it's always a struggle to beat the heat. Luckily, the city has a map of all the cooling bus locations, public spray grounds, and emergency cooling centers. We will have a link in the show notes. If you have a tip of the week, we'd love to hear from you too. Call or text us at 215-259-8170. That's all for today on CityCast Philly. Our lead producer is Laura Benchoff. Our producers are Abby Fritz and Elizabeth Kama. Our Hey Philly newsletter editor is Brittany Valentine. And our host is me, Trinae Nuri. Music is by Philly's own Interminable, with additional music from All the Kimonos and James Weldon. If you enjoyed this week of episodes, tell a friend, tell your neighbor, tell someone at the coffee shop, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Philly. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Have a great weekend and be safe, y'all. Bye. That's why left-handed hitters uh, for the Phillies uh, like to play Citizens Bank Park because the wind blows right out the right field. Well, <laughs> okay. that one nothing game, you know, the other day, the other day was <clears throat> the wind was blowing straight in from center field. That's from, that's from the north.